Oh, my hands are freezing. Hey guys, welcome to episode 122 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, and my fellow host is like Kevin Costner in The Untouchables, Mr. Tuck. Everybody knows where the booze is. The problem isn't finding it. The problem is who wants to cross Nicol Bolas. Big Tuck. <laughs> it's me. They know where the booze is here. I am, uh, I've been drink. I've been doing this thing where I'm trying to drink these nicer beers recording, right? And um, I went to this place called Flora, the Floral Pint, Pints and Flowers. I don't know. And they had some really good selections. So I'm drinking an 8.6% Baltic Porter from American Grimm. Uh, it's a brewery I'm not familiar with uh, out of Brooklyn, New York. And uh, Mr. Combo, I believe you can probably – oh, my God. What Are those four locos? No, they're not four locos, but I'm going to let you pick a – canned beverage that i will drink throughout the episode but finish what you're talking about okay so look at this i believe that i think i know why i got drawn to this can specifically it's effectively like my idol woman curvy red-haired and up in the damn mountains in a bathing suit so that's very uh, true oh speaking of which so last time we talked i was getting ready to go up in the snowstorm right yep and i did car camp guess so i was in the car right in the forerunner guess how low the temperatures got overnight i'm gonna go negative five it wasn't okay it wasn't that cold it was 20 ah uh, i okay. wish it was the negatives it was 20 degrees so i was not balmy but i had like socks on pants a flannel a hoodie <laughs> and a, and a stocking cap. cheese and i woke up the next morning and it was like snowy it was perfectly romantic did I assume uh, your lovely fiance did not get mugged by a bunch of Mormons in correct. Park City? Correct. Good, good. Yep, yep, that's correct. Uh, you know, her uh, maid of honor she brought with her was a little more chatty Cathy than she was looking for. Oh. Uh, but, you know, she uh, she liked it. You know, she uh, said that she definitely wants to go back, definitely do a solo trip this time. Yeah. Um, the, the springs were beautiful. You know, she said it, it did get a little annoying, you know, a big group of people like came down and they're like talking. And then she was like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to take in the environment. But then they were like, oh yeah, that's what we're trying to do too. But then they invited like 15 of their friends over and uh, were like partying and like beers and stuff. So she didn't ruined, quite uh, get everything she wanted, but she said it was a great trip. So, yeah. uh, yes, no Mormon muggings <laughs> at this juncture that I've been uh, made aware of. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear, but I'm even gladder to hear that you even have some choice beverages so what do we got here yeah so here we got two things from tomstown it's a distillery here in kansas city yes uh one is a strawberry mint vodka cocktail Ooh. or a grapefruit clove gin cocktail now when we talk about actual beers though the tall one is from distill brewery from uh illinois and yep. it is called the uh, Dos Vidanya Mexican Chocolate. It's a bourbon barrel-aged Russian-style imperial stout Ooh. with cocoa nibs, cinnamon, and chiles. And then we have Firestone. Uh, this is from a yep. California beer company. And it's the Cinnamon Dolce Nitro Stout. Ooh, do the do the uh, the first one from Distill. That'll be closer All to right. the, that, that, the imperial will be, will be closer to the uh, Baltic Porter I got here. What's the percentage on that bad boy, though? 11. uh 15 oh ho, ho, yes talking about <laughs> wet work let me tell you and here we go oh what you, you didn't even have it ready ready part two i don't i can't do another <laughs> how's it, how's it, but how's anyways it? wait hold on i can wait i'll be hold on Woo collective that is um that's some flavor that literally feels like I just drank a dessert.
Okay, here we go. Uh, 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 there you go. Uh, but no, I was just telling the collective, this tastes like a dessert in my mouth. It's so thick. <laughs> yeah, those Imperials, when they get up there, you have to put in so much yeast and everything. It makes it so thick. Yeah, it's like a wine. So thick. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, stuff going on with, with Mr. Combo. Yeah. Uh, we're heavy into improving the channel. You know, been talking a lot with our new member, Murphus. Uh, really trying to brainstorm some ideas. We've been doing these new segments, like where in the multiverse is Fibble Thip, um, Eternals of Hot Takes, and we got a new segment that'll have come out this week, but we're still brainstorming the ideas, but it'll be a budget thing with Ultra Budget Brews. Right, right, right. That's pretty exciting. So yeah, it's been a lot of cool stuff, and those sweaters finally showed up. I can't wait. But freaking UPS didn't even knock on my door, though. They just like threw them in our like mud room. <laughs> wasn't it, and, like, wasn't I heard, it like I heard the dogs. Uh, two pounds boxes. <laughs> yeah, there's a hundred pounds of sweater sitting in my living room that I gotta migrate downstairs. Nice. It's like your wait. Hold on. Can you do that with your hernia surgery? I mean, that was over two months ago now. I mean, but yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a six week recovery time, so I'm okay, good now. So you're good. Yeah, you're back. Yeah. You're back. To, you're back to lifting boxes of merch. <laughs> your, your primary your primary workout. Back in swamps. All right. Oh. If you want to help us out financially and growing the channel, you should definitely head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We do have a lot of different tiers on there. And of course, one of the most exciting things is we've started to reach out to the collective around the collective diagnosis. You know, we're picking a topic. We actually got the one for this quarter from Chuck the Slice, longtime supporter, uh, where we're going to talk about treasures. Like, what are some things that people need to know about treasures? Uh, maybe underplayed cards, weird interactions with treasure tokens that you can kind of take advantage advantage of we're going to hear from you the community and then big tuck and i are going to weigh in our thoughts see if we agree disagree or even want to add to it that's just one of the many benefits you can getting by joining our patreon now we do have a great store cmdtower.com slash merch you should go on there because we do have our great foil play mat our sweaters all the swag is actually in stock, ready to ship. Uh, definitely go do it because there's redacted bits that contractually I'm not allowed to do. Even though with the sweaters getting here and these new playmats, I am running out of space in my basement more and more by the day. We also have a new record of close to 30 days without a 403 or 500 error on the website. So Insane. Insane. Fingers, fingers crossed. We're crossing a new margin here. Of course, the free way to help out is just share the content you're watching or listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, this episode could not have been accomplished without our two great editors. From a YouTube perspective, who's condi uh, condensing these down into great shorts, we do have the amazing T-Coats at underscore T-Coats on Twitter. Be sure to head up with Tyler. He is the main video editor for CMD Tower. So if you ever have ideas or thoughts of what you'd like to see, he's the guy to run it by. Now, the audio, of course, is brought to you by the legendary Squee McGee at Dear Squee on Twitter. Squeed is the uh, owner of Rich Chaos Records. It is a full studio here in the Kansas City metro area. He could do remote sessions. He could do on-site sessions. And for what I've understood, he is just blowing up. So, if yeah. you guys are looking to get some premier audio editing, be sure to hit up Squee. So, Bruce and Builds is our deck tech series since we conquered the path to 32. Talked about some exciting themes of EDH. We decided to mix it up for Season 3. Big Tuck and myself will be doing a fantasy draft around Commander decks that the community voted on from a legendary creature perspective. Each of us will do the following. Pre-select 50 non-land cards, mostly non-land cards. Flip a coin to see who drafts first and go round robin until the deck is actually complete. 
<laughs> and Mr. Combo just took a big old swig of that beer and it like wasn't even a big old swig. I, I took I took a sip of it and it felt like I just drank a smoothie. <laughs> if one of our cards is selected, the other removes it from their draft. But Tuck, think of the lands. What about the lands? Think of them. We will be giving the total land count recommended slots at the end when we review the deck the first 27 is a per person snake draft meaning after we decide who goes first they pick first the other person picks second and then that person gets to pick again and go third and then the final five is a lightning round it's basically be back and forth uh us going through to complete out the deck so without further ado let's get brewing oh baby today an the collective one. gave us an interesting one and this did come from mr combo going to edh rec and saying what doesn't get played <laughs> and apparently this partner pairing doesn't so tuck let's talk about silas wren and tormod why don't you read yeah. tormod and i'll read silas okay. wren and we'll kind of maybe talk about what we think this is gonna do Yes, uh, so Tormod the Desecrator is from Commander Legends. It's an uncommon for three colorless and a black. Uh, you get a 4-2 legendary creature, zombie wizard. And ironically, this is actually a part of magic history. Uh, he had several cards, Tormod's Crypt being one of them. Uh, and he also has the ability of whenever one or more cards of any kind leave your graveyard, create a tapped 2-2 black zombie creature token, and it does have partner just partner destroying the budget at 28 cents absolutely um and then rounding out the budget at five dollars we have silas ren seeker adept so this is partner as well so our deck's gonna be demir so that's gonna be black and blue and silas ren is colorless blue black legendary artifact creature human it's a two two has a death touch which is good it's helpful yes. and whenever silas ren seeker adept deals combat damage to a player Choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. So, Tuck, how did you approach building out the Silas Rin deck? Well, uh, I actually know quite a bit about Silas because at one point I was considering him for a tiny leader slot back in the day. Oh. Um, so I really leaned more into his ability. Um, I didn't. I put in a couple cards in here that deal with the zombies, but for me. They're mostly just like an army, right? Like, we're just going to yeah. slowly get value out of them over time. They're going to be blockers. They're going to be um, perhaps sacrifice fodder in, a, yeah. in the right deck. So I really, really focused in on low-cost uh, artifacts to fill up the graveyard with and to get back with Silas. Um, a lot of them get value. A lot of them get protection, that sort of thing. And just kind of work my way through it that way as opposed to going all in on the torment part. So I actually did the same thing. I actually believe the more that I built out this deck, that Silas Wren and Tormod do really work well together as partners. Yeah. Because yeah, Silas Wren wants to cast stuff from the graveyard, and Tormod wants things to leave the graveyard to make zombies. So they do a lot of things very well together. And I definitely tried to fill out the deck with value artifact cards with like meaning the artifacts are actually going to do something right, with yes. ones that we could easily sacrifice or easily get to the yard so then that way silas Wren has an opportunity to bring it back exactly. um so you know from a 
budget perspective, like, did you go into like the reserved list and try to find like a bunch of uh, expensive things or? Um, you know, did you just kind of look at generic stuff? Because honestly, me, I, I've been just doing this often. I go into Google, go to Google Images, yeah, and right. I just type in MTG Demir and then what I'm looking for. And I just sit there and scroll through related images. I feel like that's the best way that I find these creative cards. How did you kind of sure. approach it? Um, I kind of thought through some cycles that I'll get into. Uh, so I really wanted, like I said, I, I had looked into building Silas by himself. So I kind of already had the the seed of an idea of how you can make some loops with him, how to get some value out of it, um, as well as ways to potentially make him like really hit for a lot of damage. So I did a little bit of EDH rack. Again, there wasn't that many decks on there, which I kind of liked, and then did a little bit more looking through, looking at some Silas Ren builds, um, and trying to find some things that are going to be, try to find some things that are going to be fun and interactive in the deck. Um, as usual, I kind of mixed up my um wow that does not need to be in here hold hold on i'll fix that shortly but um i tried to find some things that were that really interacted with the graveyard and artifacts which generally yeah. is more of a red ability but i did find some good ones that are that are kind of a little bit more unique in demir um or, or some other things that you wouldn't really see but you can get a lot of value out of with the silent yeah no that's fair um and i think the last thing we should definitely hit on is what does edh wreck what did the statistics show like when people are building this deck what is it currently showing how many decks are out there so let's head to one of our favorite sites edhrec.com so it's not very right many, now I can tell you that much. It, yeah there's 29 <laughs> decks out there uh it's ranked uh close to number 1300 of popular uh legendary uh commanders built Good, good. Uh, from a average type distribution, there's typically 32 lands, 26 Creech, 22 Artifacts, 6 Sorceries, 7 Instants, 4 Enchantments, and a single Planeswalker. Uh, it's That stacks up for me because honestly, when I was going through the list, I probably got to like maybe 20 or 30 and realized that I didn't have a single Sorcery or Instant in the deck. <laughs> me and too. Me maybe, too. <laughs> maybe I should throw a couple of those in just in case. Maybe. maybe just maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, it could be anything. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into this deck tech with our very first thing. We got to do is figure out who the hell goes first. So, Big Tuck, what? good old Two-Face here. What are you thinking? Are you thinking Chaos? Or are you thinking uh, you want a pretty face? I love the pretty face. I'm feeling that one. I feel like I feel like that's the tales of this situation. All right. Pretty face. Ooh. That's a fucked up face. So that means I win again, which I think I've actually won every chaos draft so far to get to go first. I, think, I, I feel like that's the case, yeah. And uh, with every, it could be it could be a custom made one that just has both sides that are dirty. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, no, that see that would be a funny thing since I use a two face one. If you. Oh. If, well, I guess it does work that way, because if you pick the pretty side, you could say, ha, he scratched out both sides like a psychopath, which right. I'm not denying. Uh, but no, uh, that, that is funny, and I will continue to keep the trend up. I defer. So, Tuck, okay. you get to pick first, and I will pick second. Excellent. So, uh, what is Team Tuck's first pick in the Demir Draft? All right, we're coming in strong, and I said there's a few cycles of cards that I think are really good in this deck. And one of them is the Spellbomb cycle. And mm. there's a few that are kind of popular. There's a few that people haven't heard of. But I thought my first pick would be uh, the 
dimming. Wait, hold on. What the hell? Come on. What are we doing here? There we go. Um, flight spell bomb. So for one colorless mana, you get an artifact. It's a common from Scars of Mirrodin for like nine cents. Tap, sack it. Target creature gains flying until end of turn. And then when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay one blue if you do draw a card. So okay. I really, I when I built Silas Ren or talked about him, one thing that is kind of tough is you need him to connect to get the trigger, right? Sure. So on things like unblockable, things like flying, that sort of thing, I feel are really worth their weight in gold here. So for this one, the fact that you can get flying, it goes to your graveyard, you can pay one draw card, and then when Silas hits, you can immediately pay one to get it back onto the battlefield and trigger Tormund. It's, it's not the best out there, but for this build, if we're going through the whole cycling thing, I thought there's a lot of utility for this little one drop. I'm good with that. Um, it Because that was one of the things that actually, so Tuck, you mentioned you got towards the end of your list. You're like, I don't have any instants and sorceries. Yeah. I got towards the end of my list, and I was like, I have no way for evasion. Only thing this guy has is death touch. People right. are going to be willing to throw blockers in front of it that are cheap tokens. And so it may never get through. And then we exactly. always talk about zombies or rampant. Those are two twos that would kill yep. it and trade. Um, so, yeah, I really like this because you need ways to get him to get some damage through so you could do your rigmarole. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What are your first two that came to mind? And did you, All right. did you randomize your list or did you just go, this is this is from the top, to, top down? Top down, uh, I'm, I might I might hop around a little bit. Sure. But the first one's actually very boring, but I think very critical for this deck. So I think you need Demir Lockett in here. Three colorless oh, artifact. Yeah. You tap it to add Demir, so you either get a blue or a black. But here's why I think it's big, outside of it being a mana rock for 13 cents. Demir, 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 Demir. So you can pay any combination of black or blue, as long as there's four of it. Tap it, sack it, draw two cards. Now, four for two cards is not my flavor at all, and you lose yeah. a permanent. But I think the fact that Silas Ren is your commander makes that a good late, late game play. Mm -hmm. I got nothing to do. I swing. Okay, let me just pay four, sack it, let me draw a couple cards, and then I'll bring it back for three mana. So I basically yeah. paid seven, got my mana rock back, and draw two cards. Okay, it's not sure. the best, but at least get you out of that bind. And I do like that it does tap for blue and black, right? So I think yep. that's good. Um, I do like this. This is something that usually I wouldn't – I don't put the lockets in a ton of decks. But in this one, like you said, recur it, draw some cards, you're off to the races. Absolutely. All right. So for round two, my first pick is going to be from Commander Legends again. We're talking the Keskit, the Flesh Sculptor. Okay. So – this is two colorless black oh, legendary creature right. human artificer and it's an uncommon one three tap sacrifice three other artifacts and or creatures that's big look at the top three cards of your yep. library put two of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard the reason i like this is it's gonna do it's gonna do everything that both of our commanders help supplement uh, the artifact piece, well, Silas Wren can recast them. The creature piece, well, as Silas Wren's doing his thing, Tormod's going to be giving you zombies left and right. Let's right. do that. This is putting two cards in hand. It's avoiding any draw triggers. So your smothering types you get around sure. it, your uh, Nekuzars you get around it, and you now have the choice... I'm going to put the lands to hand, and I'm going to put the artifact to the graveyard because I want right. Silas Ren to be able to pull it. Or, you know what? It's really early game. Let's put that nine drop in there or a monster mash card in there. It's right. going to get to do a lot for three mana. Yeah, it's it's never going to be in the red zone, 
but I also think this is a card that not many people are going to target. Agreed. And, like, again, it's it's a 1-3, so at least you can block the turn it comes out, block an elf, block a bear, that sort of stuff. So, yep. yeah, I like it. You're going to have plenty of targets to sacrifice and keep milling through your deck. All right, Tuck, what's your uh, round two pick? Okay. So, this is actually uh, – I didn't even realize it was a zombie until I got it. It's also a zombie wizard redacted bit. Master of Death. So, a colorless and demir for a 3-1 creature zombie wizard. That's a rare – when Master of Death enters the battlefield, Surveil 2, which means look at the top two cards of your library, and you can put them back on the library, put them into your graveyard. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if it's in your graveyard, you may pay one life if you do return it to your hand. So this one's a little bit, it, it's not the most efficient thing, and I imagine this was kind of lower in the list. I do like the fact it's a zombie, because that could play into some cards we're talking about later. But I do like that it's very easy to get out of your graveyard, right? One life is mm -hmm. nothing. So Nothing. that's mostly what I like about it, right? This, you're just going to chump this or sacrifice it to Keskit immediately, right? This is, not, yeah. this is not here for a long time. It's here for a good time at best. But being able to have that thing to refill your graveyard, um, deal with the top of your library, and get that low, low cost of making a zombie seems like it could be a fun inclusion. Well, and if your jam is looting effects for card draw... You don't even ever have to cast this. You can literally put this in your deck as, hey, you're just here for me to pay one life and get a 2-2 zombie. That's yeah. all you're ever here to do. And actually, I think it's fine. If you said, hey, you're always going to be discarding this. It's similar, Tuck, to um, when people put in their Anji Falconrath deck, the Squee. That oh, when it's yeah. in your graveyard, getting upkeep, it comes back. You're never going to cast it. It's yeah. only there to discard to Anji to constantly do the thing. Absolutely. Look at Master of Death the exact same way in this deck. Like, it yeah. may be in hand and I never cast it, but it's always here and it's always doing something. Complete, completely agree on that. All right, well, what's your round three pick? So there's another cycle in here that I think is also pretty strong in this sort of deck, and this one's the OG Trinket Mage. So two Weak sauce. What? It's great. What are you talking about? <laughs> two colorless and a blue for a creature, human, wizard, redacted bit. Uh, it's a 2-2. When it enters the battlefield, you search the library for an artifact cod with converted mana cost, one or less, reveal it, and put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. So the thing I like about this the most is that all of the spell, all of the spell bombs are one mana. There's a bunch of other low-cost utility stuff that you, can go that you can go tutor up, and it leaves a body behind. It's kind of a little bit more of a generic card. We'll get into some more fun ones later. But the fact that it's ubiquitous, it gives you a body to it gives you a body, it gives you something to sacrifice to your Keskit, which I think now that I think about it is an amazing pick. It just kind of does everything that you want in this deck. So that's why it's we're getting it out of the way. We'll get into the fun stuff later. Go get your soul ring, go get your spell bomb, go get your zero drop artifact, and go off to the races. I it, look, it, it's a good card. I I actually Trinket Mage is one of the ones I don't like. To, to be honest, um, because of the one or less. It basically limits oh. it to, like, Soul Ring, Mana Vault, Artifact Lands, Skull Clamp. I don't even think it gets Shadow Spear. Um, I think it, I think Shadow Spear is one, isn't it? Is, is it one? Is it one and then two to equip? That's a great question. I'm looking it up. It is one. Okay. Okay. So, there, it's just the, the one or less. It just makes it so specific. The three yeah. is usually the one that I'm like, oh, okay, there's lots of three-drop artifacts. Yeah. Um, but, I look... You're in an artifact deck. If anything, you play Trinket Mage in here to be a very bad rampant growth. Go yeah. get one of your uh, mono black or the mono blue artifact land. Put it into play. And, and slam it out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So I, I had to redo my order for this because my round three and four pick um, go together. 
So we'll start with round three. We're talking time, Steve. <laughs> I assume yes! this is one of yours. Yes, one of those. Incredible. Uh, for Demir, it's an artifact. It's a rare for a couple bucks. Tap it. Sack five artifacts. Take an extra turn after this one. With the way that Silas Ren works and dealing the damage, even if you legitimately had to sacrifice something to get your five artifacts, you could always recast it. So you essentially have infinite turns if you yeah. just, you know, without even the other card that we will get to, right. you have infinite turns uh, with this deck. It's great. Slam dunk. If you're playing blue-black artifacts, this goes in it almost every time because you're going to find your way to abuse it. Yeah, absolutely. It, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Tuck, do you want to tell everyone what the next one is? Round four, what card goes with Time Sieve? Thopter uh, Assembly. Thopter Assembly, yeah. <laughs> Six colorless artifact creature Thopter. It's a 5-5 five, five for less than 50 cents. It has flying, which is cool, but you'll never need it. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no Thopters other than Thopter Assembly, return Thopter Assembly to its owner's hand and create five 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying. Essentially, you sack your five tokens, you take your extra turn, Thopter Assembly triggers, it goes back to hand during the next turn, you got five tokens, you sack them, and yep. basically, as long as you can keep playing six, paying six mana and doing other stuff, you'll have infinite turns and win the game. But if anyone interrupts your effect, Silas Rain can always go get the piece back, sure. and then you're off to the races again. No wonder you like the two-drop uh, Trinket Mage so much more in this deck, because you can just go win the game. Yeah, well, I, you know. I think even in a vacuum without Time Seed, Thopter Assembly is still solid, right? Like, with the Kiss Kit, with the other sacrificing things, I mean, you're always going to have room for Thopter tokens either to attack, to block, mm -hmm. all sorts of things. So, yeah, I've been a huge fan of this card for a really long time. All right, Tuck, give us your round four pick. All right. We all know that I'm a big fan of alternate win cons, and this one is probably – this is one of the decks to make it the easiest to do. So, uh, for two bucks, I think, one dollar – you get Marodin Besieged. Just an <gasps> oh. all-star. Is this on your list? Uh, I'm going to have to look. Why don't you read the okay. card, and I'll double-check. Sure. So two colorless and a blue for an enchantment. As uh, Marodin Besieged enters the battlefield, choose Mirin or Phyrexian. If you choose Mirin, whenever you cast an artifact spell, you create a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token. And then if you do Phyrexian at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. There's, I really feel that there's really no bad mode on this, right? Like, creating creating the 1-1 one, one mirrors is still good with the amount of low-cost artifacts that we're, I'm going to be playing in my build. They're chump fodder, they're sack fodder, that sort of thing. Uh, but the fact that you can win off this card, and I think you have even brought up in the past, the Phyrexian just drawing and discarding a card if you're playing graveyard decks isn't even a... It's, like, not even... Yeah, it's downside. not a big deal. It's just good, yeah. right? Like... Uh, so yeah, so I had to put it in here. It's three mana win con for a dollar. I mean, we'll see at the end of the episode what the deck statistics look like, but I think if it's anything to say based off of what EDH Rec has said, I don't know. It might be where the Phyrexian isn't one that you want to pick because the EDH Rec oh. projects only 22 artifacts. You need 15 in the yard for the thing to trigger. Yeah. So it means like, do you think you're going to have 70% of your artifacts in the graveyard when this is on right, the battlefield? Right, right. Probably not. But here's the thing. I love the Mirren effect. Three mana and you're in, we're going to have artifacts that we'll be repeat casting, which won't help the Phyrexian side, but it helps the Mirren side. You're going to be making mirrors left, right, and center. I'm here totally. for that. Totally agreed. I, I had to put it in here. One of our pet cards here on CMD Tower. Round single fight. Okay, here we go. 
Another classic. Could have been a partner in her own right in a different world, but that would be stupid. Uh, again, redacted set. Emery Lurker of the Lock. Trash. Is just, it's bonkers. What are you talking about? It's so good. I'm being Too sarcastic. Funny. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. All right? Uh, All right, Craig. <laughs> so every lurker of the lock is two colorless in the blue for legendary creature merfolk wizard redacted bit uh it's a one two so it costs one less to cast for each artifact you control when it enters the battlefield put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard tap choose target artifact card in your graveyard you may cast that card this turn so effectively silas wren's mana cost is so low you could probably get away with casting them pretty regularly i would say yep. right I, I don't really see that being um, a downside. He'll get blown up once or twice, but eventually people run out of removal and he only costs, what, seven? And you're like, okay, good. That keeps going. But I think Emery does like a really good job of impersonating him. Um, some would probably say maybe like more consistent, but I also like that Emery is going to be a huge target. Everyone knows that she's a problem. She's going to eat up a removal spell or a board wipe or something that's going to keep Silas and Tormond continuing to roll. Second ability triggers Tormond as well. And... Kind of, you, you mentioned she's kind of like a backup Silas Wren. You didn't even hit on she brings back Silas Wren. So if Silas oh. Wren gets too expensive, he's an artifact, put him oh, in the yeah, graveyard. I forget that. Yeah. So then essentially you kind of have two Silas Wrens on the battlefield at any point. <laughs> right. The only thing Silas Wren can't do is bring back Emery, but Emery a thousand can present can bring back Silas Wren. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Look at you just creating fucking metas, bro. Woo. Bro. It's all about the bedroom. <laughs> Make sure that bedroom all right. <laughs> Rounding out round five. I'm talking Amrix Filigree Thrasher. Another partner from Commander oh. Legends. Two colorless black. It just seemed like all the partners of Commander Legends in Demir all cared about artifacts. It was really yeah, weird. For sure, 100%. <laughs> uh, legendary artifact creature Golem. It's an uncommon. It's a 3-2 with partner, like I said. Here's why this card is bananas in here. Right. Whenever it attacks, you may discard a card. When you do, target creature defending player controls gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts you control plus the number of artifact cards in your graveyard. Hell Holy yeah. bananas. <laughs> like, hey, I am going to pitch this. And the cool thing is you don't even have to pitch an artifact card. You can pitch a land, and then it just counts all the artifacts. Hey, I don't yeah. need lands anymore on turn 10. Yeah, Amrix attack. Pitch, negative 13, your Blightseal Colossus. Fuck off, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. you could do so many cool things with this. I think that's great. And how much do you think... How many cards do you have that are, like, discarding cards and that sort of stuff? Do you think that's going to be pretty important to the game plan? Because I kind of... I looked through my list, and I kind of have, like a, like, a slight bit of that. I don't know. Mine's very loose with the okay. card discard card theme more what i tried to find was ways to sacrifice artifacts get things to the graveyard so i could then take it out of the graveyard mm. and i think a lot of that just happens to have discard effects because sure. i yeah, I, yeah. I didn't want to do the normal demir thing of like sacrifice outlets and we're just constantly sacking like yeah. that's kind of self, done self-mill as well right yeah like, i didn't really do a lot I, of that i did i didn't do that and i did do some sacrifice stuff like later if you end up picking some of my cards but yeah, I, I at least I, I was trying to. We're already picking weird partners. Let's go all in. Let's just make it a little bit sweaty and not just sure. the easy, easy way out. As long as you have a blue one, you can always put them in the partner zone, right? Yep, that's true. All right. Well, my round six pick 
is an awesome demon from Aether Revolt. We're talking Herald of Anguish. Five colorless, black, black, creature demon. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a mythic. Oh, it's a 5-5. It has Improvise. Your artifacts can help cast this spell. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for a colorless. And it has three effects. It has flying. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent discards a card. Colorless black, sack an artifact. Target creature gets negative two, negative two until end of turn. Uh, so, like, yes. That was like a mix of like Australian, Marky Mark, and someone who drank too much Fosters at like a rugby game. Locally. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the thing that I like about it. It is seven. It's very expensive. But I think the improvise, I think you're probably oh. regular. I'm not I'm not going to go the extreme of just saying black, black. I think you're usually yeah. paying two black, black at all times. Yeah. So I would pay four for this. Um, yeah. Flying, it's a 5-5, five, five, so you're going to be able to do some stuff there. Everyone hates discarding cards. The goad loves to talk about that. So the end step, each opponent discards a card. You're taking away resources. But just like my Shirai deck, I think it's important when you have cards that you want to die and go to the graveyard that they don't get bounced to hand, that they don't get yeah. exiled, that they don't get shuffled. So being able to pay a colorless black to sack an artifact is great because you can be reactionary to what your opponents are trying to do. And yeah, the target creature gets a negative two, negative two until end of turn. Maybe there's someone that you could throw that on and get rid of a birds uh, or whatever. But really, I think it's just, hey, I'm I'm using two mana. It's almost like a save my artifact type deal for later. And I don't, so I think that there is, you do run the thing of people playing artifact exiles, like your merciless evictions of the world and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So if you have a few things that you really want and you have some leftover mana, you can take a few creatures with them. I think this is a slam dunk. I just wish it was an art. It looks like an artifact demon. Yeah, it does. And my in the wings. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. And like his like clockwork body. I wish it was an artifact demon, but maybe then it'd be a little too good. Well, um, because then he could save himself. Correct. Yeah. Uh, it's, but I still think it's a great pick. I like it. I think it's a cool card. There, I said Cool. <laughs> round six, Tuck rounded out. Ooh, double round. This is the, one of the only Planeswalkers I have that I think is really good in here, but... This card is just a house on its own. We're talking about our big boy, Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge. You uh, dick. What, was this one of yours? Yeah, of course it was. It's oh, yeah, great. Why wouldn't it be? It's incredible. Yeah. So, four, four, color, four colorless, uh, a blue and a black for a legendary planeswalker, Tezzeret. It is a mythic rare for about $8. It uh, comes in with five loyalty. It has the following effects. Creatures and planeswalkers spells you cast have affinity for artifacts. Plus two. Uh, it deals X damage to each opponent, where X is the number of artifacts you control, you gain X life. Minus three, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Minus eight, exile the top ten cards of your library, put all artifacts cards from among them onto the battlefield. I mean, it's just a like, every single ability here is a win. From the static, to the plus two, to the minus three, to the minus eight. Uh, triggers Tormund, deals piles of damage. I think where this card really goes over the edge for me is that it's plus two is to each opponent. It's not to any target. Yep. To planeswalkers, it's each opponent. So you yep, play yep. all these. Yep, yep. You, you play all these low cost mana rocks and then start blasting people in the face, doing nothing else for eight, ten points of damage a turn. I mean, they honestly, the easiest argument you have, Tuck, with that plus two is I literally made an argument to put in that R mix filigree thrasher in here. Yeah. Just because of the natural, you'll just have stuff there. Run it. Sure. It, it. It's like if you had a token deck. No, sorry. If you had a deck and you just naturally made tons of tokens, 
well, you're probably going to put in Cathar's Crusade if you can. Because it's like, well, yes. I just have it. Why wouldn't I do it? Right. That's literally how I view this Tezzeret. Like, the other stuff is fine. But that plus two, I would pay six mana to be able to repeat do that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the creature Planeswalker spells have the affinity for artifacts. We're going to have lots of artifact creatures. Yep. That's a that's a great thing. It's, a, it's, it's really bonkers. Um, so, yeah. And I like how it's only $8, which is kind of shocking. But I guess it costs 6 and people think that's scary. Who knows? Sadly, we say it's only $8. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Whereas, like, two years ago, we'd be like, $8 for a Planeswalker? You're on your damn mind. For 6 mana without any yeah. game-changing effects when it hits the board? Get out of here! Yeah, Doesn't even pass the doubling season test, really. <laughs> All right, well, what is your round 7? All right, so this is another um, kind of bread meat potato sort of thing but rural smith i think has a lot of utility in this deck so colorless in a blue for a creature or human artificer i wish it was an artifact human but what are you going to do that's a two one whenever you cast an artifact spell you may draw a card if you do discard a card okay. so again i like it's cast on enter the battlefield I like yeah how it's may and again i think discarding here isn't as bad as it is in a lot of decks that don't have as much graveyard recursion but that's like the name of the game in this build so for yep. me you're there's really like no downside to here um it dies to lightning bolt it's not an artifact itself which i'm starting to realize most of mine i've talked about so far have not been which i'll be changing <laughs> shortly but it just seems it seems like it has a very low low floor pretty high ceiling for two mana if this had a uh a ratted text on it where it was like whenever you cast an artifact artifact spell from hand i would say no but the fact oh. that it is just generic artifact spell, I think it's worth keeping it. Because Silas Wren does cast from the graveyard. So even if that's how you're getting all your artifacts out, Riddlesmith is still doing its job. Um, and potentially putting more fuel in for uh, Silas Wren. So I'm good exactly. with it. I think the only thing that gives me cause to pause is... And I know we could say this about cause everything, but pause? I... That's I like that. Thanks. Cause to pause? That sounds like a band name. You've never heard of that? No. Oh, yeah. It normal? gives me cause... Yeah, cause to pause. Wait, is that like some sort of architect, like like enterprise company elite speak? I don't think so. I mean, I've known that oh. phrase for like a decade. <laughs> I, wow, there it is. I learned something new. Well, there, there you go. Hey, use it in the business world. Hey, collective. If you ever like, oh, this is a little weird. Be like, hey, guys, I think that gives me reason to cause for pause. Love it. All right, Love so it. here's the only thing. We could say this about everything in the deck, but I do think it holds more true with Riddlesmith. This should, I'd feel more comfortable if this was an artifact in itself. Yeah. It being just a creature really makes me a little concerned about having it in the deck because it's so narrow, and it's not even like it's a 3-3 three, three or a 4-4. Four, four. If it's at least yeah. that, you can be like, hey, even if it doesn't do its deal, it can still beat face. Yeah. But a 2-1, it's easily removable. Yeah. 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 It dies to pretty much rolling Earthquake for one, and you're toast. I yep, agree. you got it. I agree with you. So. All right. Well, we're going on to my finishing of round seven. We're talking about Heapdoll. This is a single oh. colorless artifact creature scarecrow uncommon for about 30 cents. It's a 1-1. One, one. Sacrifice heap doll, exile target card from a graveyard. Great thing about this is it only costs one, so it never yeah. feels bad with Silas Wren. And I actually think this is one of those annoying repeatable cards that's just like, oh, you're about to bring that back from your graveyard? Oh, I'll sack this, exile that, and then I'll bring it back with Silas yeah. Wren. Oh, you're about to do that? It's almost like Heapdoll becomes like the police of the table. Right, yeah. Totally, totally agree. I've never. Where did you come up with this one? I've never heard of Seriously, this Seriously, the Google thing. I've just been searching. <laughs> I've been using Google Images to like do my deck research, and I'm finding some very cool cards. Nice. Yeah, that's I, yeah. that's fun. I do I do like how it's so – you can bring it back so often. I 
I really think that this is going to be like, I feel like this CMC of this deck can be something like 2.5 if you build it in the right way. Just all low drop artifacts that do these sort of utilities. I love it. I love it. There, I said it. Nice. Well, the funny thing is this is my eight pick in my list, and we're starting off round eight with it. I really think Endless Ranks of the Ooh. Dead is money, 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 money in the deck. So two colorless black, black enchantment. It's a little off the artifact theme where it's a rare about 230 out of the Midnight Hunt commander deck. At the beginning of your upkeep, create X 2-2 black zombie creature tokens where X is half the number of zombies you control rounded down. Here's the thing. Tormod makes zombies for doing what Silas Rain wants to do. So Endless Ranks of the Dead is just going to keep making you more and more zombies for what your commanders in the command zone are just naturally just doing. doing. Yeah. This for four mana will be not a game breaker. I would consider this in a normal Bruising build. So this would be a hops card. It's going to make me blockers each upkeep oh, sure. to kind of use. And uh, I don't think anyone's going to waste an enchantment removal on it. Uh, man, I don't know. This I've seen this card go off and become the best card on the table several In times. zombie decks, I would assume. In, in dedicated zombie decks, yeah. yeah. Um, so I agree. Yeah, it's just really good. Um, this is probably one of the better zombie-focused cards in the deck. And the best part, to your point, is that they don't come into play tapped. They're just untapped from the jump, which I think is yep. so critical um, for having your blockers as people start ganging up on you, as it always does with decks brewed here and bruising build. And we've even talked about with the Keskit Flesh Sculptor, it wants to sacrifice artifacts and or creatures. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Endless Ranks of the Dead is now fueling Keskit to do other stuff. So there's a lot of stuff this card could do, but I will say this, Tuck, even though it's my eighth pick, if anyone built this deck IRL, I could see this being the hundredth card. Do mm -hmm. I leave it? Do I cut it for maybe a more artifact-centric card? Yep. And I think if someone said, hey, I'm going to cut it for this other thing, I wouldn't be mad or upset because that just means that, hey, we saw that we weren't getting enough zombies yep. to make it work. Um, which, I mean, Tormod is probably the one piece of this that's, like, a little sweatier than the rest. When, and I'm, right. I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. This card's, this card's really good, though. I got me there. <laughs> All right, Tuck. Well, take us to round eight. What are you fighting with? So there's a handful of cards that all do kind of the same thing, and I think they all need to be in here. Uh, but the easiest one is uh, Mirror Retriever. So two colorless for an artifact creature mirror that's a 1-1. One, one. When it dies, return another target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, it's super cheap. It's 34 cents. You're going to block with this thing. It's going to get blown up. It, there's a myriad of ways that this card's going to get taken out from the game. And then mm -hmm. you get a card back. You you trigger uh, Tormond. It's only two mana. You get it back with Silas Wren. You can sack this to your Keskit, which maybe is the secret best card in the deck. Like, have we literally <laughs> talked? I feel like we've talked about that with every one of these cards. It's like, I know. Oh, yeah. With, 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 <laughs> with Keskit, you can do this. Yeah, you can, you can do whatever. So this, one, this one's kind of more the, – the, my next two are more vanilla. But I think that they really serve as a really strong – asset to the theme of the deck so here's the thing you just said that no one's going to be removing this i'm going to disagree with you just because we used to have a play group where we had a marin player and a spore frog that's oh, like it on, on its face it's just like well i'm not going to waste removal on that but it ends up secretly right. becoming the most powerful card in the deck and i want to say um the goads Oh, what is that mono white commander with historic oh, Tesh, bring back? Teshar, the Teshar. Apostles, yeah. This is like secretly the best card in his Teshar deck. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I do think, and, and I'm just bringing this up because I am the more like tuned mindset. Like I'm always trying to figure out how do I win. 
Don't think this card will like just go unnoticed if you guys <laughs> yeah, do this. Mirror Retriever is a banger. And honestly, Tech, I think it shows. It's been reprinted a bazillion times, and it's still like a oh, 50 true, cent yeah. common. It's a common yeah, for a good, 50 cents. Point. Yeah, I agree, man. But yeah, it does it does what you need, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right, round nine. Okay, another this is another spell bomb. This is the one that this is of all the spell bombs people probably know the best is uh Nihil spell bomb. So for one colorless, it's an artifact. You can tap, sacrifice it, exile all cards from target player's graveyard. And then when it's put into a battlefield from everyone's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay a black if you do draw a card. Kind of like your your uh, heat doll sort of thing, just wiping out people's graveyards left, right, and center. Being able to do an instant speed, getting it back easily with Tor with uh, not Tormund with Silas Ren. This is just kind of a generically good, low cost, uh, recurrable artifact for the deck. I mean, this is just heap doll. Yep. I mean, but it does all the cards, so I'm here and for it. Can it. Draw you a card, and it, can and it, 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 itself, and it could right? it could replace itself. So yeah, I I think this card's great. But no it's other comments. It's pretty basic, but what do you got to do? Here you are. Well, I tell you what I can do. I'll do my round nine with my ninth pick, with probably the game winner of the deck. Uh, <laughs> has anyone talked about Mind Slaver? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You didn't? It's not on your list? Oh, my God. And I, and I love this card. That's the best part. <laughs> so Mind Slaver's a six drop for legendary artifact mythic. It takes four to activate so and good. tap. And you have to sacrifice it. That's a big cost, Mr. Combo. Ten mana, lose my permanent? What did I gain? Oh, well, you gain control of target player during that player's next turn. And yes, you do not pick yourself. You pick your opponents. Yep. <laughs> I I love it. I think, yeah, there's nothing... I've I have never been on the receiving end of a Mindslaver lo soft lock. I've done it several times, and boy, let me tell you, it feels great. It feels <laughs> and I'm sure the real... people get real pissed. Yeah, they were not happy. <laughs> well, round 10 will be a real awesome. quick and sweet one. It's a mana rock that I'm not a big fan of, but in this deck, it's bananas. Lotus Petal uh, takes no mana list. to cast it. Artifact. Tap it, sacrifice Lotus Petal, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Uh, it is 17 bucks. It is a competitive oh card, so it is expensive. Well, shoot! Uh, the Kaldesh Inventions, $400. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my, that's ridiculous! Even the From the Vault is almost 100 And it's not... Here's the, here's the part that's stupid. Only The only reason why it's not on the reserve list is because this was a common when it first got printed. Oh, really? Yes, it's a common. That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, so long story short, guys, yeah. me and Tuck don't need to go into it. It's a zero drop, so you use it for mana. Silas Rain gets it back for no investment. So you basically just have a free mana sitting in your graveyard whenever he can deal damage. Yep. Yeah, pr pretty straightforward. It's on my list, too. $400 is not worth the price of this card, though. I can tell you that much. Uh, Well, 400 for a Kaldesh invention isn't worth it. Oh, but man. honestly, Tuck, I'm going to say 17 is it worth it either. I I happen to have, like, three of these in some box when I came back from China. So I'm never buying one of these ever again. Sorry. <laughs> well, why, why don't you complete round nine for us? So we all know about Joya's. Uh, we all know about Joya's. Jitterbug. It? Jitterbug, but there's a name for it, right? It was like the Foxtrot. Well, no, well that's the net. That's a new one. We're doing Joyrus Foxtrot. Uh, Joyrus familiar again. Super quick one here. Uh, four colorless for an artifact creature bird. It's a two-two with flying. Historic spells you cost cast one less to cast. Artifacts, legendaries, and sagas are historic. 
makes your commander cheaper, makes everything coming out your graveyard cheaper. Just if you're running, it's hard pressed for me if you're running a strong artifact or legendary build that you wouldn't have this in here. It's just pretty generically good, in my opinion. Question Tuck just hit my head. Totally didn't put the historic and uh, commander connection together. Is Jorius Familiar a staple in partner colored decks? Because you got two of them. That is technically a two-mana reduction total that you have with Joy's Familiar every time. I mean, people play Command Beacon and other stuff to reduce costs, and that's a one-time use. Is Joy's Familiar? You might, like you might, you might be right. You might be right on that. I mean, it's it's really yeah. Especially if you have ones that constantly get removed. Right, because there's another one that's called like Myth Unbound. That's like your commanders cost one less to cast. It's a green enchantment. Yeah. I put that in any partner deck that I could possibly run it in. Right? Why not? Yeah. What's the difference? Wow. <laughs> it's an artifact that you can. Yeah. I, uh, you heard it here, folks. Forty three cents gonna be forty three dollars in two years. <laughs> thanks to us. We've done it again. We've we've done it again. All right, round eleven. What do you got? All right, so I'm going from something that is pretty greasy to something that is arguably extraordinarily sweaty conjurer's bobble this this innocuous artifact is one mana for an artifact you can tap it sack it and put up to one target card from your graveyard on the bottom of the library and then draw a card what just hear me out right you're running we, we got our tutors going here right we got our trinket mages maybe just maybe you need that one card from the graveyard to be able to go tutor out and win or maybe you just need to draw a card for one mana. Who knows, right? It's sweaty. You can see the sweat. It's 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 an orb that just has sweat in the middle of it. But I think it's just cute enough to get in there, especially if we care about cards where, uh, you know, your uh, your Armix, our Tezzeret, that sort of stuff that care about artifacts on the battlefield. Late game, you just dump a bunch of these out of your hand and go off to the races with these guys. It's sweaty. Don't get me wrong. It's dripping. But I think it's got a little bit of you a little bit of utility outside of just drawing a card for one. Here's the thing. I think you're full of nonsense. But the only reason I'm like fine is it does only cost one. one. It costs one. <laughs> it doesn't cost any mana to sacrifice it. And so essentially this is one mana do a in my opinion, worthless effect and get a zombie. <laughs> Basically draw a card, get a zombie for one mana. But also, if uh, if you if someone's about to uh, do a heap doll on you, you can still save that card because we know I... heap doll is going to be all over the meta once this goes live. Yeah, just heap dolls <laughs> left and right. All right, it's well, be heap doll winter. Me me completing out round eleven. We're going to talk about a little bit more of a boring card, but I like this card actually. Blood divination. Three colorless black. It's a sorcery for a dime. As an additional cost to cast it, sacrifice a creature, draw three cards. It's it's as close as I'm going to get to getting the one mana per card drawn. But I'm okay getting technically paying a one mana premium to put a creature in the graveyard. Because, let's be honest, it's going to be an artifact creature. And we're doing it to get another ETB effect, uh, graveyard effect, something. Yeah, I... I... You, uh, I was looking through your Sekuar Death Speaker build that you oh, yep. for me that I'm gonna I'm gonna turn Prosh into it. I pretty much oh nice, on. 
and this was in there, and I was like, yeah, this card's really good. There's really no downside to it in the right deck. Um, yeah. Better than you're not losing life. Shit goes in the graveyard, and you'll get it right back out. Nothing to worry about here. Love it. All right. Well, here's a fun one for round 12. Oh, <laughs> We're talking dire undercurrents. Oh. <laughs> Three colorless Demir Demir, so you can pay any combination of blue or black. It's an enchantment, and it's a rare from Shadowmoor for a little less than 12 bucks. Whenever you a blue creature comes into play under your control, you may have target player draw a card. Whenever a black creature comes into play under your control, you may have target player discard a card. The reason I wanted in the deck, I know artifacts are traditionally colorless. And we'll get to this a little bit later in my list, hopefully, where Wizards has done a shift from colorless artifacts to colored artifacts. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot more of them. But Tormod's ability is just going to naturally make people discard cards. And it's yeah. going to piss so many people <laughs> off. And I love it. I don't know how many blue creatures we're going to have in the deck. I mean, you could put a Painter Servant in here if you wanted to get real sweaty and just say, hey, everything's blue. So if you wanted to be able to draw cards or just make everything black where everything gets discarded, fine. But I think this card for five... I think you'll get enough black creatures coming into play that you could almost be this weird, oh, Tuck, what was that jumpstart commander everyone was all hot and horny for with the discard effect? The mono black? Tiny Bones? Tiny Bones, there we go. It could, you'd almost kind of have the pseudo Tiny Bones effect where nobody has hands except for you, and you're just yeah. playing what your deck does. I agree, and like I think people like I didn't even think about the torment thing when you first said this, and I was like, oh yeah, those are black zombies. I think this is going to be one of those cards that's going to slip under the radar, and people aren't going to figure out. They're not going to. They're going to be like, okay, whatever. You're playing artifacts, cool. Yep. And then they get slammed by it and discard the card their hand off of like two turns. Yep. So I like it. It's a little pricey though. Eleven bucks. I don't know. Yeah, and you know the way that I kind of look at the money thing with this card is if you guys spend twelve dollars on it and it doesn't work here, there is a deck you could put this 100%. in. Uh, I don't even own a copy of this, and I kind of just want to go buy it because I feel like I have a deck I could probably put this in, and it would do work. Yeah, I, I agree. Rogues, all that sort of stuff. That's yeah, well, there. and let's just put it here. Shadowmore is not getting any cheaper. So $12 oh, yeah. now is probably $20 next year. Yep, completely agree. All right, Tuck, give us round 12 complete. Okay, so this one does double duty because it makes Time Sieve even better. But it also gives you something to do with Silas. So Manifold Key, Unreal. So one colorless for an artifact. Uh, it's a it's an uncommon at about 73 cents. So for one mana, tap it, untap another target artifact. Three, tap it, target creature can't be blocked this turn. I kind of look at this more for the three than the one. But if you are running like Thran Dynamos and those things that produce three-ish yep. mana or maybe more, you can get some value out of it. The fact why I like this is that, it, that I think, again – having Silas Ren having some sort of evasion is going to be so critical to the deck that this one is kind of does that, but gives you a little, a little juice on the end of it. If you have to sacrifice it to Keskit, the best card in the deck. So what you just bring it back for one and you're on your merry way. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I'm cool with this card is it does give us a repeatable way to make Silas Ren unblockable. Um, yep. You know, the untap of another target artifact. I don't know how relevant that'll be. I guess we'll have to see how the list comes out. But yeah, right. the second effect is good. And the only way this card's playable is the fact that it's one mana to cast. So it's very easy yep, for Silas Ren. Com completely agree. <laughs> cool. All right, Tuck, round 13. What do you got? 
So if you thought one mana was a good value, just wait because this one is zero. We're talking our old pal, legacy standard, modern standard, Mishra's Bobble. Oh, you mean the card that I just gave away because I thought it was trash and not worth any money? Yeah, I gave away tons of those. And now it's 10. (laughs) So for zero mana, it's an artifact that's an uncommon for some reason. Tap, sacrifice it, look at the top card of target player's library, draw a card at the beginning, next turn, upkeep. Bring it back with Silas for free, making a zombie, drawing a card. Why not? Over and over and over again. I have no further questions. Excellent. I have no further comments. All right. Well, I will round out this round with a very boring one, guys. Um, You know, we we, got to have our mana rocks in here. And we need mana rocks that we can do stuff with. So I feel like Demir Cluestone, Mm -hmm. just like earlier, is a great card. So three colorless artifact taps for a blue or a black or you could pay demir and sacrifice it to draw a card i don't think i need to say more it's just like the other works great works great in the deck no further comments (laughs) uh well here's what you are going to have a uh, redacted comment because it's from redacted set that sucks uh we're talking witching well this card is bananas in here single blue artifact told you guys i started doing that when it etb scry two Three colorless blue, sack it, draw two cards. Um, that's really that's, that's really, really good. Because really really here's the thing: even if Silas Wren is bringing it back because someone did an artifact board wipe, I'd pay a single blue to scry two. I'd be good with that. Yeah. And if I had nothing else to do, I'll pay four at the end of someone's turn to draw two cards and then get it back for that's- one and scry two. Late game, it feeds into everything else we've talked about. One, These one-mana drops are just worth their weight in gold. Absolutely. All right, Tuck, why don't you finish out the round? What do you got for round 14? Uh, it's not the Junk Winder that I put down originally, but it is the Junk Diver. It's just Murder Retriever that costs one more and has flying. So for three colorless, you have a 1-1 flying bird, artifact creature. When it dies, return another target artifact card from your graveyard. It's good! Brain. This one's $3 for no reason. <laughs> or the original is almost 6 Well, I, I have no idea as to why. Mirror Retriever is kind of better because it's only a two-drop. But again, what are we doing in this deck? We're bringing shit back from the graveyard. Yeah. Playing artifact cards. <laughs> Good <laughs> lord. Yeah. I mean, I, fastball down the I, I got nothing to add to this. Um, hey, the, the three-drop Tinker Dew that'll search your deck. Here we go. Junk Diver. There Grabbing stuff. Love it. Grabbing stuff right out of the deck. All right, round 15. And speaking of grabbing stuff right out of the deck, we have the worst gamble uh, in Tomb. Uh, one black, search the library for a card, put that card in your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Silas Ren connects. In response, you cast in Tomb, go get whatever you want, and bring it back to the graveyard. <laughs> bring it back to the battlefield. <laughs> it's that easy. Uh, I think this card is $32. What? Well, you can get one for uh, $28 from the Graveborn deck. Or you can get one no, for 15 No, no, no. It's got a nice, beautiful no. gold border. No. It's a, it's a, in this deck, it's like a Demonic Tutor. Whatever you want, put it into the graveyard, cast it at your leisure. Okay, well, closing out round 15, I got a pretty cool card that'll kind of be like our Blood Artist of the deck. We're talking Disciple of the Vault. It's on the list! Ooh, I'm just stealing everything. You got me. Uh, One black creature human cleric. It's an uncommon. It's a 1-1. Whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, 
That's not your graveyard. A graveyard, you may have target opponent lose one life. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I think this card will secretly become the, I want to Diabolic Tutor to get Disciple of the Vault, and I'm going to win the game. Yes. And the, the only thing I'll say about this, this card is just keeps getting better the more food, treasures, and clue token decks come out there. Like you said, everyone's getting a taste. Just a taste, though. Just a taste. Everyone. Everyone's getting a taste. Just a taste. But sometimes you got to protect mm. your taste. So for round 16, we're kicking off one of the best artifact protection cards out there. Padim, Console of the Vaults. So Padim, so Padim is three colorless blue, legendary creature, Veldelkin Artificer. Uh, it's a rare for about a buck 59. Artifacts you control have hexproof. It's a 1-4. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control the artifact with the highest converted mana cost or tied for the highest, draw a card. I don't know how much you're going to get the second effect, but I think the first effect is why you put it in here. Four mana, essentially uh, asceticism, your mm -hmm. board. Um, I think this card is done perfectly because he is not an artifact himself. Because if he was, they all wouldn't get hexproof. It'd be other artifacts you control yep. have hexproof. Yep. And him being an artifact creature would be easier to get rid of. But him being a straight creature, it's like, well, now I have to use my creature removal to then use my artifact removal. Do I want to do that? Do you think this is a staple slash standard in any blue deck that runs artifacts? Uh, yes, as long as they have, I would say, 15 plus. Yeah. Yep. They got 15 plus, you got to have it in there. Art Artifact-focused blue blue decks, run it in, right? As much as you can. Yep. All right, Tuck, give us your round 16. Okay. Uh, this one is not an artifact, but it does come back from the graveyard and gives us some much-needed protection. Glenn Alendra Archmage. Classic oh. in the EDH community. Three colors and a blue for a 2-2 fairy wizard redacted bit uh, with flying. Tap it. Or, I'm sorry. A color... Or, a blue, sacrifice Glenelander Archmage, counter target non-creature spell, and then has persist. So when it dies, if it has zero, if it has no minus, minus, minus one, minus one counters on it, returns to the battlefield under its owner's control with a minus one, minus one counter on it. You're going to make your zombies. You're going to be able to have some spot removal here. I like this because we talked earlier how I don't have, I don't run a lot of instants and sorceries in this build, and this kind of gets you there with having some control over the board. I, I mean, I love this card. The only thing that I think people are really going to have to figure out is how do you balance stuff that you could bring back from the graveyard and stuff that's an artifact? Because mm -hmm. you don't want it to be Silas Ren as almost a side piece yeah. of the deck. Yeah, yeah. And, like, a couple of the cards that you have found are great, but they aren't artifacts. So I think that's something, when we get the final list, we'll have to see it. Because it might be one of those things where it's like, you know what? The Silas Ren piece doesn't make sense. Maybe right. this other Demir Commander makes more makes sense. More sense well, I'm or just as Mono Blue Legend uh, partner. Sure. Well, I'm going to change that right now. Uh, with, in my opinion, one of the best cards that you can put in the deck, our old pal, Scrap Trawler. Three colors oh. for an artifact creature construct that's a 3-2. When it or another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return to your hand to artifact card in your graveyard with lesser mana value. We've talked again. There's a lot of one drops, some zero drops. So whenever any of these things die, you sacrifice them for their effect, anything like that, you're going to get another thing back to your hand um, and then also trigger Tormund. For me, it's, it's not like a backup commander, but I think it's like a very utility card. That if you only have Tormund out and you don't you can't cast Silas Ren, you're gonna be able to easily get that value back when you sacrifice your spell bombs and these other cards that sacrifice for value. Yeah, I mean this is 
just a good card. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're doing artifact graveyard back and forth, I think you have to have Scrap Trawler in the deck. I mean, I think you can legitimately say this is a staple. You can't do it. With, you can, but it won't be as good without Scrap Trawler. Yep. And for less than 50 cents, there's no financial reason you wouldn't run it either. Oh, it's only 50 cents? Wow. That one, yeah. that came down, baby. That's awesome. This used to be like five bucks. Mm. All right. Well, I'm about to break the piggy bank. Oh, here we go. Oh, and round no 17. <laughs> Let's go. LED Lion's Eye Diamond. 600 bucks. <laughs> Zero drop artifact mythic for Mirage. Uh, get one for $539. No there is no now. gold border printing. <laughs> I can't believe this card's only been printed once. I, I believe, oh, it's a uh, uh, magic piece of magic history. Yeah, but only once ever. Like it's printed in Mirage and got slammed on the reserved list. At least like a Trop Island has a few printings. Mm, so if you sacrifice LED, discard your hand, add three mana of any one color to your mana pool, activates its ability only any time you could cast an instant, which pretty much you just do it whenever you only want. Only as an instant, Mr. Combo. Only. <laughs> only. When can't you do an instant? I mean, I guess I guess that clause makes it to where you can't respond to split second. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Because you can't cast an instant with thing. that. Because it's split second. It takes precedence. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. LED, here's the thing, guys. You get the three mana, you discard your hand, which probably had mana rocks in it. You do it in your combat phase, so that way you don't lose the mana. You discard some artifacts. Silas Wren allows you to then play those things out of your graveyard, and you do the deal. And then, hey, LED, why don't you come back for zero? Hey! That's all I got. I like it. Um, yeah, I don't feel like most people would say this would be the deck to put LED into, but, you know, we're, what are we, if anything, against but against the grain? Absolutely. Well, coming on to round 18, I have a I have a cool card. It's called Mimic. Just just Mimic. Oh. Uh, two color list. It's an artifact treasure that is a type. It's a common. Sack Mimic. Add one mana of any color. Two. Mimic becomes a shapeshifter artifact creature with base power and toughness 3-3 three, three until end of turn. And it you can get it for a penny. Wow. So I like this card because this will sit there until you need it, very much like a Lotus Petal. Treat this like a Lotus Petal, but for two. Yeah. And where I like it for two is the fact that you can make it a shapeshifter. You get a lot of flexibility with that. Um and it's kind of like the man lands. Like, there's a place for man lands in landfall decks in EDH. Because if they yep. die, you could bring them back. Yep. So, you know, this gets you another body that you can kind of get damage in, get some stuff. But it's not completely worthless. And it being an artifact, there's a lot of stuff out there that, hey, tap an artifact for mana. You could probably tap this without having to sacrifice it. So, I think Mimic is a very cool new card that could have a home in here. Yeah, I like it. Um blocks you can block tap sacrifice it trigger something else why not right like i like the fact that it can turn into a three three without having to tap absolutely all right tuck round out round 18 all right whoops not that one uh but this one so 
I think one of the ways we can win through this is through some sort of combat damage with your commander. And in my opinion, Nettlesist is the best card for doing that, or one of the better ones in the deck for it. So for three colorless mana, you get an artifact equipment that's a living weapon. So enters the battlefield, you create a 0-0 black Phryxian germ creature token, then attaches to it, whatever. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact and or enchantment you control, and equip two. So again, what do we need? We need Silas to connect, right? Like, that's how this whole deck's going to work, about pulling stuff back from the graveyard. So we might as well connect for 8, 10, 20. It makes that 2-2 two -two death Jeez. punch look a lot scarier to block. Especially yeah. Especially if you have something else looking into it, right? Um, this is a, mm -hmm. like, Now you're jumping for your commander. Now you're jumping for something else. And I think with a few other cards that we'll be talking about very shortly, you're going to be able to turn uh, Silas into a sort of, like, Voltroni commander if you need it. I'm here for it. I mean, Nettlesis can secretly just kill people. Yeah, out of out of nowhere for five mana to equip. But what and the cool, well, I was gonna say the other cool thing I like about it is the fact that it's only three, and you do get the zero zero germ with it. Exactly. Even if it dies and you don't have it on Silas, when you bring it back, it's back attached to something. Right. Great for blockers. But want to know, want to know what a lot of people, you know, it's cold out here. Um, it's cold out here in the U.S. right now, and what is a lot of people like? What do they like to have when it's cold outside? I don't know. What does round 19 want when it's cold outside? Uh, shout out to Scooty Shuffles, all-time favorite of mine. Hot soup! We're talking about hot oh soup my God. coming through, baby. No, we're not. Yes, it's incredible. One colorless for an artifact uh, equipment from M15 for 41 God. Cents. Whenever uh, equipped three, equipped creature can't be blocked. Whenever equipped creature is dealt damage, destroy it. Coming through, baby. We're coming through with the hot soup. We need it's an artifact. Check. Unblockable on Silas Ren. Check. No one's gonna see this coming and everyone's gonna last because the card's name is freaking hot soup. Slam dunk! One drop. If it gets destroyed, just bring it back with Silas. The options are eliminated. I love I love the only time this card's ever been reprinted was in freaking mystery boosters. <laughs> that's what the only want. time it has it has two printings. It's original and mystery boosters. That's what the people wanted in mystery boosters is hot soup. The only thing, the only thing I can say I don't like about hot soup is the fact that it's whenever it's dealt damage, yeah. so pyrohemia stuff like that. You sure. can just ping it, Lightning and it just bolt. you have to, yeah, it just dies. Um, so I don't like that, but other, everything else is pretty funny. It's so cute. Come on, hot soup. Hot soup. Good soup. All right. Well, I will complete round nineteen not with that card. Uh, for this card, I, I think it's kind of cool. It's a little, uh, you know, sweaty. We're talking blood-soaked altar. Where are you getting these things from? Oh, you know, the netherverse. Four colorless black-black artifact from M20. It's for three pennies. Tap, pay two life, discard a card, sacrifice a creature. Create a 5-5 black demon creature token with flying. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. So, That's this reads, sweet. 6 mana, you lose 2 life, put an artifact in the graveyard, sacrifice a creature artifact, and then you get a 5-5 demon token to just beat some face with. I, that's that's pretty awesome. I got I got to give credit where credits too. I'm here I'm here for this, especially for 3 cents. You, yeah. You, you you can't go wrong here. That's the only pick. thing that you only thing you can make an argument with that card is that it is six, so it is a little expensive. But that's where I actually think your opponents aren't going to be target removing the, using their artifact removal on that is because the fact it costs six. Yep. Let's use it on other stuff that's going to be easier to recast. 
then the one thing that's incredibly difficult to cast and its effect is a 5-5 wants a rotation mm -hmm. it's not any it, now if you could just do this whenever you wanted oh my gosh unwinding clock yeah broken key, like we talked about right being able to get yep. that thing going but still it's sweet i like it i think it's cute i think it fits the theme of the deck i'm here for it three good things well Kicking off round 20 is going to be a basic one, Commander's Fear. Oh, sure. uh, three colorless artifact. You can tap it for any color, but you can sack it to draw a card. So just like the other ones, this is a mana rock that we can now use for utility later in the game. And we're not trading a card for mana. It's like, well, I'm going to put my mana in the graveyard, get a card, and then I'll get my mana back whenever Silas Ren does his next point of damage. Yep, I'm here. I'm I'm here. I like it. I, I'm big here for it. All right, Tuck, round 20, go. Okay, uh, this is one that we've talked about many times, but has so much utility in it. We're talking about trading post. Uh, oh, a, okay. It's, it's a four-drop uh, artifact that has four relevant abilities. It's kind of like a Planeswalker in that effect. So one, tap. Discard a card you gain for life. One, tap. Pay one life. Create an 01 white cr goat creature token. Pay one, tap, sack a creature, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. One, tap, sack an artifact, draw a card. I mean, it kind of reminds me a lot, again, of Keskik, the Flesh Sculptor. We're always going to have these resources around, cards in hand, yeah. tokens, like life, creatures, artifacts. And just having that utility to be able to do what you want and get what you need out of it, I think, is, is really strong um, in this build here. And the other thing I'll add is the... Uh... The, the reason this card's worded the way it is is, like, you know, each one feeds into the next one. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, sack a creature, get an artifact back. Well, then you sack an artifact to draw a card. Well, a lot of our creatures will probably be artifacts yep. in this deck. So a lot of times that third ability is kind of feeding into the fourth ability. So it's like, hey, sack an artifact to get the artifact you want back. I think this card initially was designed of get rid of your mana rock to get or sorry get rid of a zombie token or get rid of a creature to get your mana rock back this is probably before like there were so many artifact creatures where a lot of that stuff could be one and the same yeah totally agree and it's like zero money i think it's like a, a, a less than a dollar so grab one yeah all right well what's round 21 this is one of my favorite cards uh printed it goes in so many decks and it's a slam dunk in here key to the city Super straightforward. Two colorless for an artifact. Tap, discard a card. Up to one target creature can't be blocked this turn. And then whenever it becomes untapped, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. We're making Silas Ren unblockable. The discard the card isn't that big of a deal because we're just going to fill our graveyard yeah. with something. We're going to get back with Silas Ren literally that turn. And in a pinch, if you need to, you can always pay two to draw that card and replace one you discarded. Two mana artifact just does everything that this deck wants. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say I'm starting to see that discard theme you were talking about. You, you got a little bit of that in there. I do, yeah. But I think, I think, but it's a lot of artifacts that are doing it. So it's like, it's like weirdly on theme and off theme at the same time. Sure. Uh, but yeah, no, key to the city is great. If you ever have a commander that needs to connect, not just get in the red zone, you kind of need key to the city in your, your deck. Yeah, I, I completely agree. All right. Well, I will round out round 21 with a pretty great card it's not intruder oh, alarm nice. <laughs> it is blasting station though three colorless artifact uncommon for wow uh the original printing in fifth dawn is a little less than nine dollars the mystery booster is more expensive at 9 30. uh tap it sack a creature blasting station deals one damage to target creature or player whenever a creature comes into play you may untap blasting station Here's the thing I like about that. Um, 
on the one front, we can now sacrifice our creatures, artifact creatures specifically, to get them into the graveyard for Silas Wren and still yep. be able to do some damage to any target because uh, that's what it's been errated to. You know what hasn't been errated, Tuck? It's not whenever a creature you control enters the battlefield. It's just oh, whenever a creature shit. enters the battlefield. So, hey, you just reached for 30? You got 30 tokens? Well, I got 30 blasting station untaps. Let's right. start machine gun killing. Deca, 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 deca. I can drink your blood. The only thing that's great, the only thing I will say is that I was hoping to find a few of these in uh, Tice's big box of gold I got a few years ago. And he said, I pulled them out and sold them. He has a playset of the original foils, which are over $20 a pop. So, oh, wow. His collection continues to be strong. Well, we're going to take it to the next level. All right, kicking off round 22. We got the best artifact sacky dude oh. in the world that was banned, I think, for a bit. We're talking about Krark Clan Ironworks. So, so it's an artifact. You can sack an artifact to get two to your mana pool. I mean, it's it's pretty much, I feel like this and Phyrexian Altar or, uh, or um, oh gosh, what's the other one? Uh, the Phyrexian Altar is the, you get a colorless. The, you get the two colorless is Ashnod's Altar. Phyrexian, there we go. Phyrexian is one mana of any color. Ashnod's yeah, is and then Ashnod's is yeah. two. So, if you're in a deck that's like, hey, I need to get stuff to the graveyard at times to reuse it, it's like, well, you just have to have these in there. So, I think if you're in an artifact deck that you want stuff to go to the graveyard to reuse it, you have to have Kark Clan Ironworks. So, And you can get it in gold bordered for half the cost. So, Or you just be uh, not a coward and pay the normal cost of $25. Pay the iron <laughs> Or the iron... Ah, oh, damn it. You did have it. The ironworks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do your round 22. Uh, so I don't run that many zombie cards, but I think there's one in particular here that can do a ton of work, mm. and that is Noxious Ghoul. Three colors, double black for a 3-3 three, three creature zombie. Whenever it or another zombie enters a battlefield, uh, all other non-zombie creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn. It's a little sweaty because it may not work in your favor. And so far as if you have artifact creatures that can die, it could potentially kill your commander. But the way I see this is that if you're in a pinch and you're just really going off of um, Tormod's ability more than Silas's, this is something that can really clear the board out and let you swing in with those zombies that you're creating. Um, sort of a little bit little sweaty maybe um a little more slimy and it just depends on like you said how much torment we're actually getting yeah the only thing i get worried about this is that you literally have two zombies enter the battlefield and silas ren dies yep yeah that's the only thing i could do get worried about that um yeah i mean i think this is just like endless rings of the dead i think you just kind of see how much yep. of the zombie thing you have happening um, and then just make a judgment call from there. But man, I didn't know this card was like twelve dollars. Yeah, good it's, lord. It's, it's been it hasn't been uh, reprinted in a while. All right, Tuck. Well, give us your round twenty-three. So this one's pretty straightforward. Um, I, I think Silas Ren mm. getting double strike is a great way to really accelerate this game and really accelerate the value you get out of them. There's not a lot of ways to do it, Demir, but Friar Shrieker does it just fine. So three colorless for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature has double strike and equipped two. It's pretty pretty down the middle, straightforward. You can recur it. If you get him big enough to where he's unblockable, you can start knocking people out with Voltron damage. Just kind of a good utility card. I wish we could find a better double strike enabler, but it, there it's hard to find in these colors outside of these equipment. Well, and like and and sorry if I missed it. Um I, I didn't hear the highlight on 
whenever Silas Ren deals combat damage, you have to choose your target card. So, like, yeah, this is kind of a way to, like, make it a little to where I can do two per turn. I guess the thing there would be, do you think we're going to have enough mana to cast a couple artifacts oh, yeah. per combat phase? With all these zero drops, with all these one drop spell bombs, we're going to be fine. We're going to be able to pull we're out gonna whatever be fine. we need. We're gonna be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be great. All right, well, I'm going to complete round 23, and I actually just changed my pick at the last second because Tuck reminded me of the Noxious Cycle. Oh, We're talking about yeah. Noxious Gear Hulk. Amazing for this deck. Yeah, Four so colorless black black artifact creature construct. It's a mythic. It's a 5-4. You can get it for $2. No, sorry, a buck twenty-two. Go yeah. get them. Menace. When it ETBs, you may destroy another target creature. If a creature is destroyed this way... You gain life equal to its toughness. So initially, I had Isochron Scepter here because I was like, oh, I could always sacrifice it, imprint a new card, and I could kind of have, like, this chain. But I'm starting to look at my list, and I don't have a lot of instants in here. Um, and Noxious Gearhulk seems a lot better. Yeah. I like it. And especially if you have your... Um if you have your buff, your pumpers like uh, nettle cyst, you can always put it on here with menace after a board wipe and just go to town. It's like the fact that it has menace is it makes it even better than what it is. Yeah, for sure. All right, going on to round twenty-four. We're talking about Whisper Silk Cloak. Slam dunk. Three colorless <laughs> artifact equipment. Equip creature can't be blocked and has shroud and equip two. You gotta protect your Silas Wren. I think Tormod could die thirty-nine times in a game and you wouldn't care. Yeah. Silas Wren dies and he becomes nine, eleven, thirteen mana. You get real sad. Yeah, I agree. You gotta protect him and he's gotta get through. Whisper Silk does it like butter. Well, and the crazy thing, there's apparently like a 10th edition specialty version that's $40. What? What the hell? And it just, seriously, if you highlight it on Scryfall, it just has like a little, it doesn't have all the rules text. That's it. And, and maybe it's, foil. It's like the original, it's like the original, it's the original art. That's the only difference. But the thing is though, the 10th edition number 345 is also the original art and it's $4. Weird. <laughs> this card's worth 10 times more because it doesn't have all the rules text, I guess. Hey, man. Fucking Whale, pro players. Whale's going to be buying, man. Whale's going to be buying. Well, uh, what's this big bear going to be buying for round 24? Uh, it's just kind of a worse analysis than this, in my opinion. But cranial plating is another, like, immediate, in my opinion, immediate slam dunk in the deck. So two colors for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus zero for each artifact you control. Uh, it's got equip command of one, but it also has double black. Uh, attach it to target creature you control so you can get around the sorcery speed that you normally would have to deal with with the uh, equip thing. For me, it's just another way to make Silas big and punch people in the face, right? Getting him yeah. up to 10 and having him unblockable, hot soup perhaps, uh, <laughs> really is going is, to – it's just another way that you can win with this deck. Um, and this and Nettles just kind of do it very efficiently. Yeah. I I got nothing to add. I mean, anything that's going to just make your guy ginormous <laughs> just because you're playing the game, do it. There's no reason not yeah. to. I agree. All right, Tuck, round 25. So this is Grave – we're talking about a snake, not an artifact, but it kind of does double duty in here. So Gravebreaker Lamia, not Labia, for those perverts out there, because I believe that is a lady snake. Uh, four colorless uh, and a black for a 4-4 four, four enchantment creature snake Lamia – uh, sure, 
Lifelink, when it enters the battlefield, search your library for a card, put it to your graveyard. Oh, you my God. And then spells you cast from your graveyard cast one less to cast. This is so good. For 40 cents. So what does this card do? What does wow. This card do? Good blocker. And tombs to the graveyard makes everything you cast with Silas even more, even cheaper to cast. Hell, the one drops are now zero drops, right? Double strike, get two of those back, two zombies. It, it's just completely bonkers. It does suck that's an enchantment because it's pretty much once it's gone, it's going to be gone. But yep. for me, it's got so much value once you get it rolling. Man, this you like that? I think is secretly probably the best card in the deck. It's up there. It's up there for sure. All right. Well, you know, we're getting towards the end of the episode, and I got all these spicy cards. So I'm going to start going out of order from my list. Nice. I want to make sure we, we talk about the heat. And the number one way you uh, stop the heat is you got to first stop it on yourself. So the Orbs of Warding are going to be oh. a great card for the deck. Five colorless artifact rare for 72 cents. Whoa. You have Hexproof. If a creature would deal damage to you, prevent one of that damage. Um, look, I, I actually feel like this deck is going to be a late game deck. I don't think you're winning in the early to mid game. So me having Hexproof to where I'm not being forced to sacrifice the highest power creature I control or an artifact I control is great. But you know what's even better? Those go wide decks. Hey, you want to hit me with 39 tokens that are 1-1s? Okay. Nothing happens. Yep. I'm good. <laughs> and this That's is the good. type of card, cool. Tuck. Early in the game, you can discard it and just literally have it sit in your graveyard. And you be doing your Silas Ren throughout, just leaving it there. And it's like, oh, someone finally got 10 Thopters out. Okay, let me bring out Orbs of Warding, and uh, I'm a little more yep. protected. Yeah, I like it. I've never heard of this card ever before in my life. Um, and just, yeah, defending against tokens early game, preventing being blasted in the face, checks all the boxes. It's an artifact. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Oh, round 26. Are you ready for this? This might be another card you hadn't heard of. I think it's fairly new. Oh. We're talking Thieves Tools. Colorless black, artifact equipment common for a nickel. Oh. When Thieves' tools enter as a battlefield, create a treasure token. So really, it just costs you a black to cast. Equipped creature can't be blocked as long as its power is three or less. Silas Rend is a cool two, and it's equipped for two. So I look at this as a, even if it gets blown up, Silas Rend's going to bring it back for effectively one mana, because you're going to yeah. get the treasure. And effectively, Thieves' tools make Silas Rend always go off. That's cool. With no hot soup drawback. That's well, that's fair. The only thing I don't like about this is that as soon as he becomes, if we were putting Nettle Cyst and that other stuff on him, which was hasn't been on your list yet, then it kind of falls off a little bit. But you can jigger it. To, you can you can if you're putting Nettle Cyst on him and he's a gazillion gazillion anyways. This is just like icing on the cake. Sure. You know yeah. I mean? Well, and I I would say at this point, if you have thieves tools on Silas Wren. And then you draw Nettle Sis. You're probably going to put it on another creature. You're probably not going to put it on your oh. unblockable guy that's getting you all the your value. value train, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good point. All right, Tuck. Round out the 26. Okay. I had to put an instant in here. And this one I thought was just sweaty enough to work. Because you, it's so good. You can do it. It's like the Condi twins. They're so nice they made them twice. Uh, <laughs> for, forbidden Alchemy. So two colorless and a blue for an instant. Look at the top four cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. And it also has flashback for six colorless and a black. We really don't have – we have barely any instants and sorceries in here, right? 
We yeah. need something to do. If we don't have Silas, we need something to cast from a graveyard. If you mill it by accident, which we'll get into shortly, you can at least do something with it again. It goes to your graveyard, so you can kind of stack it up. It's a little sweaty. It's not the best out there, but if there's a deck that could probably use it, I feel like it might be this one. Flashback for seven is where you there's lost me. That's a lot. That's way too much. That's way too much. Like, the three is fine. And if you wanted to say it was five for the flashback, okay. Like, four colorless black. But six colorless black? I wouldn't pay seven anyway. You would almost have to say, like, the flashback lets you look at the top eight cards of your library and put two to hand. You would almost have to improve (laughs) the card. Late games, we talked about it. Sometimes you just need something to do, right? And maybe that'll draw you into the next card. Well, actually, I'm saving uh, some real some real treats for the last bit. The oh, you are. Is uh, This one, I'm like 50-50 on it, but I think it's just good enough. Milliken. So two colorless for an artifact creature construct for 0-1. Tap it, mill a card, and add a colorless. Yep. I don't want to play this as a self-mill deck. I think that's a fool's errand because if you don't have Silas and you're not doing a lot with your graveyard. But if yep. you're for this one, it acts as a blocker if you need it. You can pay one, mill a card. Maybe you mill something awesome. Maybe not. Pretty low barrier for entry and kind of fits the theme of the deck in a pinch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It, it's just a good value card of the deck. So, yeah. I mean, I run it in my uh, uh, Demir Encore deck. And it's money in that. Yep. So, yeah, I can see how it could be good in here. Okay. Well, completing round 27, Tuck, I'm going to give you some heat with the Salvage Titan. Ooh. Four colorless black black. It's a rare artifact creature golem. It's a 6-4. Oh, you damn. may sacrifice three artifacts rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Sack three artifacts get a free 6-4. More fuel for Silas. Exile three artifact cards from your graveyard. Return Salvage Titan from your graveyard to your hand. I don't think you'll ever do that, but I actually could see that tuck being worthwhile if Silas does become 13, 15 to cast, Mm -hmm. and it's just down to you and one other player, and at this point, you just need to hit. Yeah. Salvage Titan would be money. You're going to have the artifacts in there. Let's exile three of them and get the 6-4 back on the battlefield to beat some face, but I like the sacrifice three because then that can kind of fuel a future thing, and you at least get a body. Yeah, and like... You're playing against people who have no graveyards because they've been exiled. Just get rid of your ex graveyard exile cards we've talked about. You're, you're yep. gonna find th- you'll be able to find three artifacts that you don't need anymore. So yeah, I like it. Uh, punch face uh, and it's a golem, which we're all big fans of here. Yeah. We are on to the lightning round. And as a reminder, guys, this is gonna be Mr. Combo and Big Tuck just going pick after pick after pick after pick after pick. And I'm going to start off round 28 with one of the cards that you have to have in every single deck that has partners and runs black. It's Shazat's Will. You have to run it. Four colorless black, instant. Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast a spell, you may choose both. Each opponent sacrifices a creature they control with the greatest power. Exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards, then create X01 Black Thrill Creature Tokens, where X is the greatest power among creature cards exiled this way for 33 cents. The reason I say this is an auto-include in all partner decks is because you literally have a 50% chance to have your partner out there and get both effects for 5 mana. That's number one. 
Number two, the reason I like it for this deck is actually the second effect tuck. I like the basically bajuka-bogging everyone's graveyard and then getting a bunch of tokens off of whatever the biggest power creature was because we've kind of talked about, we have a lot of cards that care about just sacrificing a creature, not an artifact creature. So these zero-one tokens could probably fuel... What was the card we've been talking about? Uh, Casket, the Flesh Sculptor, the best card in the deck. Yes, sir! <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I feel like a lot of people kind of put this card to the side because Savat is so expensive, but the fact this is no yep. sense, it's like, if you're running black, just run it. Like, it works in literally every black partner deck. Staple, staple for black partners. Yes. Really no questions asked. For sure. All right, Tuck, round 28, what do you got? What are you buying? Uh, I am biting our old pal Welding Jar, the most innocuous artifact besides Conjurer's Bobble. Zero mana for an artifact. Oh Sacrifice it. Regenerate target artifact. Wow. Let's go, baby. And I like. I knew I liked this card, but I forgot that Silas Wren himself is an artifact. So you just have it on the battlefield. Someone tries to bolt him. Someone tries to do some big board wipe to it. Regenerate it. It's off to the board. Attack. Play it for free. Get your Zombo. Off to the races. Just another great, this and Mishra's Bobble are the two best zero drops in the deck, besides Lotus Petal and Lion's Eye Diamond. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are insane. Well, we all knew that. That's true. All right, guys. Kicking off round 29. This could backfire, but the cool Ooh. thing is that it's drawback. We can always reset. We're talking about Netherborn Altar. Colorless black artifact. It's a rare for 24 cents. Tap it. Put a soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Then you lose three life for each soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Thought behind this is... Tuck talked about it. Silas Wren, you should be able to recast later in the game as people have removed it. Yeah. I'm actually of the mindset it'll get too expensive later in the game because we are really making this deck be a Silas Wren deck and Tormod is just kind of like a supplemental piece. Almost sure. call it the secret commander of the deck. Mm -hmm. So even though it's only two, three to cast Silas Wren, I think you're going to get to nine and 11 and 13. And I think later game... To anti-Tux point, you're not going to want Silas Ren to connect and get zero and one drops. You want Silas Ren to connect to get the six, seven, eight drops because you're trying to end it out. And you can't really do that if you pay seven or nine, put Lightning Greaves on it, and then try to connect to then do some more damage. So Neatherborn Alter, hey, it's now at seven to cast. I'll pay three life. Here we go. Get it back to hand. Get it out for three. But then Netherborn Alter, ooh, we got five soul counters on there. That's a little expensive. Well, we'll sack it to some sack outlet we have. Uh, Goes to the uh, graveyard. Sorry, no, let me let me stop you right there. We sack it to Kesket the Flesh Sculptor, the best card in the deck, as made correct. <laughs> so we connect it to that. It goes to the graveyard. Silas Run brings it back. We've now reset our yeah. soul counters on it. So I think this could secretly be the card in the deck that saves you because we have built this as such a command zone down top deck. I, I completely agree. And I kind of, you're talking about this. I kind of feel like Tormon's like the companion of the deck as opposed to one of the. Yeah, I'd members. say that. I'd Does say that. that. Make sense? But it's a, yeah. you're, you might, he's, he's, you'd have him in the 99, so just put him in the command zone and you get him to cast him. So. Yeah, I, I think I, I like this a lot, especially with the sacrificing bit, like you were saying. Cool, Tuck twenty nine, go. Super short, Diagraph Captain. Again, we are not talking a lot about zombies, but we are going to make them colorless and demir. That's blue and a black for two two Death Touch Zombie Soldier. 
Other zombie creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever another zombie con you control dies, target opponent loses a life. We're going to be making these zombies incidentally. They might as well be three threes and have something when the inevitable board wipe comes after you cast your endless ranks of the dead and that sort of thing. So I don't run. A, I don't want to run a gazillion zombie effects in here, but this one seems like it does tons for ending the game. Yeah, I mean, I think I think any of the zombie synergy anyone puts into this deck, you're gonna have to do some online gold fishing to see. Yeah. Are you the 100, 101, 102, and 103rd card in the deck, or are you the core of the deck? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because we just we just don't know how much Tormod we're going to get. Yeah. All right. Going to round 30. Woof. Are you ready? Because I'm, I'm ready. Let's Mesmeric Orb this oh, shit. Oh, my God. No. Two colorless artifact. $11. It's a rare. Whenever a permanent becomes untapped, that permanent's controller mills a card. We're not here for the self-mill, but we don't care about the self-mill. We can get milled, and it won't be the end of the world. And, cool thing, if you wanted to be a degenerate and do the fastest oracle combo, you just do this and Basalt Monolith, and you win the game on the spot. Yeah. Because Basalt taps for three, untaps for three. You just mill your entire deck, cast Thassas, and you win. We're not doing that today, but I do think Mesmeric Orb is somewhat of a grain for the deck. To where it's like, you know what? I need more in the graveyard. There's not a lot out here blocking Silas. Okay, I'll tap five lands just so they can untap next turn. The only worry is that the Tormon does create those 2-2 two -two zombies as tapped. So that could that that could come and get you, but again, it goes to the same thing. He might make two zombies of the course of the game. He might make fifty. Who's to say? Certainly not either of us. All right, Tuck. Well, what are you completing for round thirty? All right, another spell bomb. Um, I think this one's another one of the stronger ones. Aether spell bomb. One colorless for an artifact. A blue sacket bounce target creature to its owner's hand, or you can pay one sacket draw card. It's kind of ubiquitous. You can bounce a troublesome creature that's about to hit you for damage, or you can just sack it, draw a card. It's a one-drop, easy to get back with Silas Wren. A lot of utility here in the hop slash grain package. Um, it's 22 cents. Seems like a good fit if we're playing that low CMC game, which I am trying to play. Yeah, I mean, all the spell bombs seem like a slam dunk in yeah. the deck, so I, I have I have nothing against it, because I would think if we were doing this in normal Bruising Builds format, that would be a grain card. Even if the spell bomb has a hop-type effect, it's like, hey, it's one, I can easily sacrifice it. Drawn cards refill on itself, totally. Yeah. Totally agree on that. Okay, round 31. We're coming to the end, and we are laying some fire with Ingenuity Engine. Oof. Seven oh, drop artifact. Cascade. <laughs> whenever you cast a spell, it doesn't say from hand. Just whenever you cast a spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast it without paying its mana cost. Put the exile cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. That's awesome. But I also like this. Colorless tap. Sacrifice an artifact. Return target artifact you control to its owner's hand. You can pick this up for less than a nickel. Guys, seven drop. Cascade for six or less. Money. Yeah. Oh, I could also bounce it and do it again. Or even, because that's usually what that second effect is for. Guys, you could just sacrifice the engine to return a different artifact to hand. <laughs> and then bring the engine back with Silas Wren. There's so much you can do with this. 
I love it. And the artwork has like a soul ring, a mox opal, a sword of feast and famine, all that stuff hidden in it. This is a card I want to work so bad, and I think it'd be hysterical to get this rolling in this deck. You're gonna have absolutely. Mana. We're playing mana rocks. We're playing ways to get lands out. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. All right, Tuck. Round thirty-one. How are you completing it? Okay. Um. This is another one. Hmm. I'll make this one quick because I have another one that I want to talk about after this. Uh, blue black staple baleful strix. Just does exactly what this deck wants. Yeah. Blue and a black for 1-1 flying death touch artifact creature bird. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Again, sack it to Keskit. Bring it back with Silas. Draw a card. You have a blocker. This is going to be something that you're just going to be able to pull out from your graveyard over and over and over again. And every time, you're going to be happy that you did. Yeah, I mean, Baleful Strix is just a... It's kind of become Soul Ring to me. To where if you're in a Demir or other color deck that has Demir, it's like, why don't I put it in? And you yeah. almost have to, like, argue with yourself, like, no, no, there's other cards I should probably do. But Baleful Strix is so good. Death yeah. Touch, Flying, it draws you a card. It's it's bonkers. It's, it's great. And every time you play it, it always feels good. Early game, late game, whenever you need it. Well, I'm going to go to round 32 and talk about the number one card in the entire deck. Semblance Anvil. Oh, Three God. colorless so artifact. Imprint. When Semblance Anvil enters the battlefield, you may exile a non-land card from your hand. Spells you cast that share a card type with the exiled card cost two less to cast. It did not say spells you cast from your hand that share a card oh, type cost. Oh, I didn't cost. think about that. Your graveyard, oh. Silas Wren, with your other card tuck. We're now costing everything three or less for free. Mm -hmm. Let's fucking go now it is six dollars, so it is a little pricey. That's, that's reasonable. Like, and if it doesn't work in this deck, which it will, spoiler yeah. alert, it'll work great. <laughs> You'll find somewhere else to do it. But how many? And the big thing is how many cards have we talked about so far that have been artifact creatures, right? Piles of. We'll cards. see. We'll see here in a bit yeah, when we get true. to the uh, the deck stats. But yeah, I think Semblance Anvil. Like I was going through and I had some other cute cards like Shimmer Mirror, Phyrexian Metamorph, uh, Expedition yep. Map. But I was like, I feel like the Anvil will probably take this deck further than all of those other cards combined. Yes. I agree. All right, Tuck, finish out the deck tech. What is your card? This was the last card I put on my list for a reason. Even when I shuffled it, I cycled it around. But because we already talked about how good Keskit the Flesh Sculptor is, we're going to bring on yet another thing that plays directly into that card. And Mishra's Self-Replicator. Five colorless for a 2-2 artifact creature assembly worker. It's a rare for about 22 cents. Whenever you cast a historic spell, you may pay one. If you do, create a token that's a copy of Mishra's Self-Replicator. It says cast. It does not say from the graveyard, your hand, none of that stuff. For one, for like we just talked about. So Semblance Sample takes two away. Great. For half of that, you get a 2-2 that then eventually you just sacrifice the Keskit, the Flesh Sculptor, and just continuing along with your thing. Zero drop. To turn those zero drops into one drops, you get a 2-2 for free and everything else. I, I This was kind of this is kind of like a slimy to sweaty pick in a lot of decks, but since this is Keskit Backup Commander, this card is going to go bonkers in here, and it's going to go off with him. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Mistress Replicator has been a card that I've even talked to the Godfather about with his decks because it's like hey and you're a boros artifact deck this makes a lot of sense and you could just mm -hmm. naturally if you have a deck that just accidentally is going to do static effects of other cards you guys should really consider putting those cards in your deck <laughs> right. yeah. because it, it's taking zero effort for you to do it 
So yep. it would be similar to like, okay, you have a Planeswalker deck that runs green. Do you have doubling season in there? No. Why? Oh, I just don't know. I don't know if it fits my strategy. It's like, what? Yeah, have, yes, it does. Lying around, so yeah, I don't know. I like it's not it. a money thing. I just don't have it in there. It's like, oh, okay, that's where you're messing up. You should have it in there. Yeah. And that's legitimately how I view Misha's Replicator. If you're in an artifact deck and you're just playing artifacts, you might as well have it in there. Yeah. As long as you're casting them. That's the big thing. If they're just yeah. ETBing, not good. That, but casting, good money. In, that's why this I thought was awesome in Duretti. But in that, I'm trying to pull him out from the graveyard for yep. zero mana so you don't get the bonus off it. As much as I You like. got it. All right. Well, guys, that's going to conclude the Chaos Draft. And Woo. thanks for making it until the end of the episode. And be sure to stay tuned and listen so you can hear the deck statistics on what this deck looks like. Plus, if you enjoyed it, leave a five-star review. Please follow us on whatever platform you were listening or watching us on. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, where could people reach you? Uh, still at Big Tuck tweeting, and actually, I've posted more to Twitter this week than I have in the entirety of my Twitter career. So it's finally coming to roost. <laughs> uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We will have the. Uh, deck list posted with the article and any accompanying youtube videos at cmdtower.com slash bnbe122 and of course we do have a great patron community if you'd like to support us head over to our patreon uh, patreon.com slash cmdtower we have multiple tiers a collective diagnosis is probably the most exciting thing we have going on right now but of course we got mats, we got we got coins, we got tokens, we got all the things that we reward our patrons with, depending on what tier they're signed up for. Uh, so if you can help out in any way, shape, or form, please feel free to do so. You can hop over to our store at cmdtower.com slash merch. We do have our new Bruise and Builds foil playmat for sale on there. We do have our Jund holiday sweaters in stock. So while it's still cold, be sure to go get some. And don't worry, once summer comes around, me and Tuck will cut off the sleeves and we'll have sweater vests. And we'll just Cutting be out right there just rocking. Cutting them right Nothing off. on underneath. It's going to look great. <laughs> All right. Big Tuck. Episode 122. I think this is Chaos Draft 4 or 5. Silas Rand Tormod the Desecrator. How do you think it went? And how do these deck statistics look to you? Well, I'm looking at them right now. I thought it went great. Uh, I thought this was really fun. I thought we both kind of brought our own themes to this. Um, yep. Again, the uh, I love the Keskit Flesh Sculptor secret tech and how that just pretty much dictated the entire thing. But this was really fun. Did this did this kind of did this work out the way that you were thinking it would? So I will say this: looking at like the the stats of the deck that we built, yeah, the CMC is a lot lower than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, because in my mind, I was adding more five plus drops than you were, and so three oh six for the CMC based on sixty five non land cards. That's pretty great. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, all the zeros and one drops that I put into it certainly are helping that plummet down, uh, which, again, is like the build I would go with with this. But here's the interesting thing. You only had four – or collectively, we only had four zero drops and ten one drops. Wow, That's that, it. That is surprising. Yeah, we only had 14 of the 65 be one CMC or less. We had 19 three CMC, eight – of the four CMC and then divided as you kind of go throughout the others. Sure. So that that's something that really stood out to me. And Tuck, let's let's kind of circle back. EDH Rex said 22 artifacts in the standard stylus ran Tormod the Desecrator. What did we hit? 
We hit 32 raw artifacts, and that does not include the artifact creatures. creatures that we had in there. Yep. There's quite a few as well. So it looks like I think I think we shouldn't be too worried about Silas Ren working out the way we were planning on it. Or your uh, Mirrodin Besieged, like I talked about. Oh, I think sure. we have plenty to make Mirrodin Besieged work. And uh, I think Tuck was very apropos. We have a total of four instants and sorceries total in the deck. Uh, three enchantments, 25 creatures, and the lone planeswalker. I did have the other Tezzeret in one of my builds as well, but it's kind of a yep. boring card. So I was just like, oh, I'll talk about Welding Jar instead. A much more powerful yeah. card in this build. That's fair. I mean, one of my most boring cards was Darksteel Ingot, so I oh, uh, never sure. got around to that. Sure. <laughs> Uh, and then money-wise, I'm actually kind of shocked. You could get this deck for about $700. But that also includes 500 LED. lion-sized diamond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet, but seriously, if you take LED out, you could build this deck for 200 bucks. And I feel like this is a great deck. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think this, I think with both of our picks, it gives us that, it'll give us that first, because you're, here's how I kind of see this happening. You cast, you cast, uh, Silas Ren once, and then that's when mm -hmm. you get your, 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 spell bombs and mana rocks and your demure lockets and that sort of stuff and you really like gain for it it dies it goes a little the game progresses a little further and then the next time you get them out your graveyard's stacked with all your big boys your noxious gear hulks all these things that you're ready to start looping and really control the board absolutely i couldn't agree more well guys thanks for being here for another chaos draft and as always go out and incite chaos of your own oh i like that I like that I like that a lot is that just off the cuff yeah it was nice very good Ha, ha, ha.